Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150. On this fine Seattle summer day, happy summer, everybody. Um, great day to take your dog for a walk, as always. But please be careful of the heat as the weather's getting hotter. I'm seeing dogs and cars and traumatized on a daily basis by worrying about um, how long has that dog been in that car? When is the owner coming back? So just be careful of, um, you know, don't bring your dog on errands if you're going to be going in stores and your dog is going to be sitting in the car if it's hot out, like even above 70 degrees. So just be super careful. Um, great show today, as always. Um, going to be later on in the show giving a Sparks recap, the Society for the Promotion of Applied Research in Canine Science had their conference this last weekend. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you've been listening to the show, you've heard the interviews of a few of those presenters this year, including um, Simone Gadbois, Patricia McConnell, um, it, and Monique Udell are the three that I interviewed. And um, oh, it was awesome. So I'm going to recap that at the end. But before... We're going to start off. I have Michelle Nichols back in the booth with us today. Michelle is the founder and director of A Help Project, which uh, provides comfort and empowerment around end of life choices for families and their animal friends. Um, nice to have you back on the show, Michelle. Thank you, Julie. Nice to be here. So, uh, A Help has a fundraiser that I've been talking about this weekend which also happens to be Gay Pride Weekend in Seattle. So happy Pride, everybody. Um, Saturday, June 28th at Norm's um, Eatery and Ale House in Fremont. A-Help is doing a fundraiser, They're the Heads and Tails event, Saturday, June 28th, this Saturday at Norm's. And Norm's is an environment that um, you can actually bring your dog to, so you're welcome to bring your dog um, I know there's actually a World Cup game happening at 1 p.m., so you could come a little early and watch that and um, bring your dog as long as your dog, as long as you think your dog will have a good time and get along with everyone else there. And then the A Help event will be at uh, starting at two, and we'll be doing um, raffles for lots of great prizes and uh, uh, heads and tails, really kind of fun game that people can participate in, and all the proceeds will be going to support A Help. So. We've I've had you on the show a few times now over the course of the last couple years. And, um, you know, when I heard about your organization, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is such a big deal because end of life is so hard. It's so brutal for people to go through this with their animals. Um, and I hear so many people talk about, you know, oh, my you know dog passed away or and it's just the process of it is so hard and confusing and then the grief process is so hard also. So it's so great that there's actually a community that exists in our area that exists specifically to support people and their animals during and after this process. So um, I'm excited you have some short, some stories to share with us about the work that a help has been doing Um we just got our 501c3 last year. It's like about a year ago, right? November. In November. Okay, so not even a year. Uh -huh. And I know that the organization has grown. So tell us a bit about, um, you know, the programs that A-HELP has developed and um, what you are doing in the community. 
Okay. Um, well, just to uh, reacquaint you with um, our organization, the AHELP Project is actually an acronym and stands for Animal Hospice End of Life and Palliative Care Project. Mm -hmm. So although um, what we always um, like to bring out is that people want the care for their animal friends, just like grandma, grandpa, their human loved ones. And animal hospice and palliative care in the field of veterinary medicine gives gives them the means to do so. Mm -hmm. Get the same comfort for their animal family members as their human loved ones, again. And so, um, you know, and then palliative care is an interesting um, word that is making its way into mainstream and that actually is comfort care. That's just a simple way to describe it. Um, palliative care is comfort for the entire family um, through illness. So we always hope that we can, and as you may know, um, it's relatively new field. Mm-hmm. I mean, hospice is only 50 years young. So palliative care is even newer. Mm-hmm. And um the comfort for the family being the prime objective is really, I hope, where the whole field of medicine and veterinary medicine is going in the world. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a much larger visionary yeah. sort of thing. But what we're really trying to do in our organization is help people to realize that um, there can be, I mean, although you called it a brutal time, it can be brutal, of course, but I'd say that that is without support, without people around them that get it. Mm-hmm. And we get it, right? Yeah. You talk about it. I talk about it. Yeah. The more of us that are talking about it, the more that it will come out into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And um, we just want people to know that there's a way to go about it. Although it's a bittersweet sweet time, um, it can also be beautiful, memorable, um, the some of the most significant memories of your animal's lifetime, the time that you share with them, isn't as long on this world in this world, yeah, as we'd like. Well, and it brings up a really good point that I know the organization has talked about a lot within its leadership is the, you know, the topic of end of life is not something that that our culture is comfortable with in the first place. So. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to be in conversation and to 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 talk about this and to support people through this process because the I think that the knee jerk reaction is is one of fear mm-hmm. essentially and you know um, and and I understand why and that was was my experience before I went through it the first time with my own dog. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was a very profound experience, and we've talked about that in the past. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is. It's like, oh, I think part of that association, and it's such a good point, like, it doesn't have to be that. Like, it's going to be sad, and there's going to be grief. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be horrible. And mm-hmm. and it can actually be, I th- and I think it's a really precious, sacred time mm-hmm. to... Um, and and so important for their, I think, to be present to, to be present to our animals as they are passing and, mm-hmm. you know, moving on and to be able to be as present to them as possible. 
And what's so hard for people is like, and every situation is different. You have some stories to tell and, you know, you could speak to this better than anybody as far as like (laughs) every situation is so different. There's different diagnoses. Animals are different. People are different. So, you know, the combination of um, how that can all go down. Sometimes it's drawn out over a longer period of time. Sometimes it happens really fast Mm -hmm. from diagnosis to death. Mm -hmm. Um, So every situation is different, but, but it's tough. I think as a culture, I think it's a tough um, topic to sort of broach with people like, Oh, this is what we do. And people are like, (gasps) you Mm -hmm. know, Oh, Oh, I could never do that. I hear that a lot. (laughs) I could never, Oh, I could never do that. And Uh it's like, well, that's why we're here. And so Mm -hmm. that we can be present with you Mm -hmm. when you're challenged with you and your animal. That's a great response. And the other thing, you know, we're all, we're, I help us comprised entirely of volunteers. I've been a volunteer for five years now. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's because the, I love this. Yeah. And so the work is rewarding. And volunteers are part of our community, usually because they've been through an experience with their animal, with their own animal friends mm-hmm. that has inspired them. Or maybe, unfortunately, it wasn't what they had hoped it would be. And it has been brutal, as you say. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it is. But then when they find out what we're doing, they realize that there could be a different way, Mm -hmm. a better way even. Mm -hmm. And that's when they reach out to us and they say, I want to make a difference in the world for fellow animal lovers. Yeah. Um, And it is such a great community. The The events that you guys put on. Um, the last one was at Northwest Cellars. It was jam packed. You know, it's it's a uh, it can be there can be festivity around the topic, you know, yeah. um, and celebration. And that's something one of the one of the many special things that a help can bring to um, the topic is sort of ceremony, mm-hmm. um, which I experienced um, directly at another event that we had. Was it last summer at um, Rainbow Bridge Hearts? Mm-hmm. When was it Christmas? Uh-huh. No, <laughs> like last holiday summer event. sometime holiday event. That's right. Um, when we got everyone who was there and had their hearts made, which, you know, check them out. They're awesome. Um, we, we did a ceremony led by a helpers um, where everyone got to take a flower and take turns saying something about the pet that they were remembering. And mm-hmm. it was awesome. Uh, Go ahead. And I, and I was just going to say that that's really what it is all about. I mean, that's what makes these events that we have not only educational, but social in nature is we're all yeah. animal lovers. We're all bonded by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, um, besides our events, we also have a hugely growing Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, we just reached 2,500 likes today. Nice. Yeah. So um, and thanks to our um through to our marketing director, it has grown leaps and bounds since February, which was before the event you were just describing, the friendship celebration. Yeah. So please join us there. Yep. If you are anywhere in the country or even in the world, join us on Facebook at A Help Project. Yeah. Um, and we're even reaching out to families through the Facebook page. People are reaching out to us. Cool. And they want that kind of support. So there's other ways in which we promote community. Yeah. So I want to talk about the programs. Before we do that, I just want to mention the event again, if you're just tuning in. It's in Seattle this Saturday from 2 to 5 p.m. 
Michelle and I will both be there along with other A helpers. Uh, it's called a Heads and Tails fundraiser at Norm's Eatery and Ale House in Fremont. A Norm's is dog friendly pub. So if you have a dog and people-friendly dog, feel free to bring your dog and uh, participate in the festivities. There is a World Cup game at 1, so if you want to come early and watch that, um, that'll be fun too. So 2 to 5 p.m., we're doing a fundraiser. We have great raffles, um, heads and tails game, um, which will have prizes for that as well. And all of the proceeds go to benefit a help project and the work that they do in the community. So do check it out. So tell us um, what are the different sort of programs? How does A-HELP work in the community? Well, we, um, again, are all about comfort, choices, and empowerment. And and we are um, A-HELP to families traveling the journey with their dogs, cats, horses, and all their companion animals. So the way that we, the most we're most proud of our program that's called the Animal Caregiver Support Program. And through our, um, through that program, we offer a, an animal caregiver support circle, which, you know, is your, is what people understand that construct, right? A support group. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but we are a, a bit different than the others that you're aware of because we support families again through the entire journey we encourage people to find us as soon as the diagnosis of a life-limiting condition has been made or just their animal friends decline in health. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, when you realize like, okay, this is what we might call the third stage of life. This is their seniorhood. Yeah. And we know that is what's coming, right? Because yeah. we've all been through it before. Yeah. And so that's when we hope that people um, reach out to us because we know that we all get sad Mm-hmm. as soon as that time ha- starts happening, and that's called anticipatory grief. Mm-hmm. So we address that in the Animal Caregiver Support Circle. It's been going on now for three and a half years, and it's really our most successful part of our Animal Caregiver Support Program. And it's, you know, you brought up a great point that, you know, a great organization to get connected with before you're in crisis with your pet. I mean, just if you're sensing... Gosh, my my dog or cat or whoever is, you know, really, you know, getting up there in, in years and certainly, you know, you're noticing some declines in health, whether it be mobility or otherwise. And so get connected now and then you could benefit. I mean, gosh, there's such a huge resource of professionals in the within a help who that you are networked with mm-hmm. that you can connect people with so that. So that that palliative care, that comfort care can start as right as the dog or cat or, or horse or any animal, companion animal, is starting to decline, which can have, a, you know, a benefit later on when they are closer to end of life. So, And, of course, it can even extend their life. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, we not only do we feel, do they feel better but we feel better. Yeah. No one's getting sad yeah. <laughs> as much. And of course, that's all that positive energy just makes the whole situation better. Yeah. And I'd like to also point out um, that the community aspect of it is so important. We give caregiver to caregiver advice through the program, through the Animal Caregiver Support Program. We are not veterinarians. We are not a, re- a substitute for veterinary care. 
But we do say, hey, when we went through this or when we had another family going through this, this is what they did. You might want to talk to your vet about it and see if it's a good option Mm -hmm. for you. And if you're a vet listening to this, you know, AHELP works with veterinarians. So it's a it's a team effort. And that's kind of the whole point of this is it's it's a team effort and it's about, you know, working with the people and really supporting the people through the end of life process. And then I would imagine that veterinarians feel supported also because, you know, it, if it wasn't for organization like AHELP, it's basically the vet and the client. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of more pressure or stress on the vet too. Well, we know that veterinarians are focused on the animal and their care. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they do. And that's what the whole clinic does is they're all into promoting that as much as they can. Of course, the veterinarian gets support by their own staff. Yeah. And sometimes vet techs can be like the ones that are just right there on the front lines yeah. with the family and even on the phone and so forth. But it takes a lot of your time. Yeah. It's not time that you can necessarily get back. Right. <laughs> um, but it has been shown through studies that families um, who did not have a good experience in end of life, or I should say, did not return to the same practice with their next puppy or or kitty, kitten, um, did not do so because of a poor experience in end of life mm-hmm. with their veterinarian. They didn't clinic. come back to the same vet because they had a poor experience. That was the reason. I mean, yeah. they they've done studies looking at yeah. why didn't why didn't you return? Right, and that was what it was. Eighty yeah. percent. Wow. So yeah, that's a, a a big number. Yeah, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk more with Michelle Nichols, who's the director of the A Help Project. Be sure to join us this Saturday, June 28th from 2 to 5 p.m. at Norm's Eatery and Ale House in Fremont for the Heads and Tails fundraiser. It's going to be a really fun event. Hope to see you there. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You ain't nothing but a dog. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, June 29th, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. It's also a Kathy and Christy Sunday. Kathy in the studio, Christy reporting from across the country. Kathy will check on all of our regulars, plus Peggy Kaler from West Star Mortgage and Cowgirl Spirit joins her in the studio. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Hey, Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiancé said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. 
Ahead of the talk radio curve, naturally. Alternative Talk 1150. Yeah, they set you Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, talking with Michelle Nichols with AHELP Project. AHELP is an acronym. It stands for Animal Hospice, End of Life, and Palliative Care. And AHELP provides comfort and empowerment around end-of-life choices for families and their animal friends. Um, Definitely a huge need for this. As people are going through this all the time, experience uh, their animals' end-of-life, and it's can be a really tough time for people and a very confusing time and scary time and all that stuff. And a help is here to make that less so and actually even potentially have there be some beauty to it because it is such a special sacred time um, and profound time for a lot of people. So we were talking about the programs you mentioned um, a helps animal caregiver support circle. And that part of that is a, a group that actually meets Um, of people who anyone who is either going through their pet's end of life, um, you know, they're where that is near or where they have gone through it and they're now in the grief process. Is that right? It's kind of all all timelines. Mm -hmm. And then people Mm -hmm. get to the groups are facilitated by an A helper and also people just benefit from by three different A helpers. And um, people also get to benefit from, the community and just being around people who understand what they're going through. It's very emotional oftentimes. A-Help also offens, offers um, email and phone support for people. Um, there's a professional network of professionals in addition to the family's veterinarian, um, professionals that can help otherwise to provide um, especially that comfort care for the animals. Um, and then um, lots of events that A-Help does as well. So anything that you wanted to expand on there? Um, I guess just that I um, would like to say that the email and phone support is really a unique service, community service. It's not, um, it's not done, but only in only a few um, organizations across the country. And so being here in, in this greater Seattle area, a gra- grassroots organization that's now a nonprofit that's serving the local community. We can really help people in a way that um, maybe their veterinary clinic can't. Again, because we're offering caregiver caregiver to caregiver support, mm-hmm. and we're also doing it in a twenty four seven sort of manner. Veterinarians can't always do that yeah. unless you go to an emergency or critical care vet. um, And then we've, many of us have been in that scenario where it's, you know, in crisis or. Well, and it's a different conversation too, because like you said earlier, a help is not in, um, in place of veterinary care. It's along with veterinary care. So a conversation that someone would have with their veterinarian would potentially be different than, or the veterinarian is hearing about the emotional side of it and the, you know, all that stuff too. And that's really where a help can step in and help support both. Right. Um, so, um, did you say there was something about events that you wanted to talk about or I did, um, again, we, all of our events have a social component to them. Mm -hmm. Community building. That's part of our vision is to build a community of like-minded animal lovers who understand the end of life journey 
and what that involves, yep. you know, and what we can do to um, make it as good as we as 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 be, as wonderful as we can. Um, but they're all um, uh, all of our events are not just social, but we do have some sort of educational or networking component to it. Um, usually in the educational events, um, we have, um, they are, um, our members of a professional network come and speak mm-hmm. about the uh, various topics. Uh, one of our co-founders is an author Mm-hmm. of a book uh, that's called When Your Dog Has Cancer, mm-hmm. Making the Best Decisions for You and Your Dog. So mm-hmm. we did her book signing last year. And we um, have offered a certification um, last fall. We just rolled that out. We're going to be doing it again probably in November. Okay. Um, and that certification is called the Animal Caregivers Support Courses and Certification. Um, we'll probably be doing it in a workshop format. Um, so it'll be a weekend spent um, with all kinds of topics um, surrounding our field, and we'll be advertising that, you know, getting more information as that comes up through our Facebook page, and also join our mailing list yeah. at ahelpproject.org. Okay, that's great. So if you want to get involved and just get get the communications from the organization about the events that are coming up, um, ahelpproject.org is the website. And we also need volunteers. Um, it's a 100% volunteer-run organization. And, um, you know, we need volunteers for lots of different things. And one of those things is even just if you want to come and help out at the event this Saturday, that would be a great way to get introduced to the community, come and support the organization, and just help us with some kind of, you know, help us run the heads and tails game, which will be super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're interested in volunteering um, at the event this Saturday, which is June 28th, 2 to 5 p.m. at Norms in Fremont, um, you can just email Michelle. And I'll post this on our um, homepage and on our Facebook page as well. But Michelle D as in dog Nichols. N-I-C-H-O-L-S at gmail.com. You can email her and um, get in touch and see um, if you are interested in volunteering. We could definitely use some more bodies there. And it is a great community. I mean, AHELP has built a great community and is just working on expanding that. Um, The events are really actually very fun. And it's like you said, it's a group of like-minded people. So it's a really cool, cool community. So if you're interested in volunteering this weekend, Saturday, June 28th, um, the event is from 2 to 5 p.m., so if you're going interested in volunteering, we'd probably have you come at, like, 1.30. Um, again, email Michelle D. Nichols at gmail.com, and I'll post that on our homepage, too, dogradioshow.com. So, Michelle, I want to hear about some stories of people and, and their animals who A-Help has helped. Mm-hmm. The, these stories um, can be very touching, and um, I, have, I have permission by the people about whom I'll be speaking. I yep. just wanted to say that. Thank you. Um, but one of, um, uh, one of the things that I'll also say, because it's a nice segue from the volunteers, is that all of the people that are working on this program are volunteers. Mm-hmm. Again, the support courses and certification are designed to train those volunteers. So we aren't just coming in there with people that um, 
just decide they want to talk to other people and, you know, so forth. We do quite a bit of training, um, and it's at least eight hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we all remain in contact with each other in a team-like sort of fashion. Mm -hmm. So there can be a lot of camaraderie around it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is what we reach out to the community with, and that's what they find us for. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you the story of um, Helen Ann. Gately and uh, Aisha, um, and um, they became sort of a local legend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they were featured in our friendship celebration. So if you were looking at our Facebook page um, around the time of our that last event, which is in March, um, you saw her her face and Aisha's all over. Um, it was a great story because it started with um, Aisha being a rescue from an abused home or an abusive home. Um, and Helen Ann adopted her when she was a senior, full knowing that she only had a couple of years left. Oh, yeah. Um, so when she found, when we found her, we met her um, at um, Lola Ball's book signing that mm-hmm. I was telling you about. And she um, was volunteering for Posado Safe Haven. Um, mm-hmm. And when she came, it was just a meet and greet kind of way. Nice, nice to meet you. And then they, she contacted us and was very touched by our mission and so forth. Told us about Aisha. Two months later, she contacted us, and Aisha had cancer, mm-hmm. inoperable cancer, and she was devastated because, as happens so often with our rescue dogs, we form these wonderful bonds and they're so grateful and we're so grateful for them and so forth. So it was um, very hard for her to face that um, future. But um, there began a journey with a help of a lot of education, um, a lot of reaching out to professionals in the community, again, or professional network members, house call hospice focused veterinarian, Sarah Hopkins of Compassion for Paws, um, was called in. She provided Aisha. Oh, well, I should also say Helen Ann did a tremendous amount of um, fundraising, got community support on her own Aisha group page. Mm-hmm. Um, and and people were offering services to her. It mm-hmm. was really amazing. So I always, you know, as an aside, I always tell people if they're reaching out to us looking for funds, to cover things, which unfortunately we don't have to give. I say, you know, try these fundraising yeah. ideas because yeah. it really can be beneficial and uh, fruitful. So uh, Helen Ann got some services um, through other people in our community, but was able to um, raise enough money to get acupuncture from Dr. Hopkins um, to get um, different sorts of um peace and comfort, um, promoting therapies. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had uh, a few volunteers. Some of our professionals are volunteers, um, but that's not as often as they are expected to be paid for their services. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we could offer those things, it's always like a nice way to hold a hand out. People are all, always so appreciative. As Helen Ann's dog, Aisha, declined, it became clear that... Um, she was still struggling with some losses in the past and we could help her through those. Just a lot of listening, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we call it active listening, right? I mean, always being there for someone and, um, that empathy, we've all been there before in some capacity. So we understand what people are going through and 
her sharing those stories out loud um, really helped her Mm -hmm. to work through it. So I happen to be a grief counselor by my professional training, but the people that were working happen to be one of the founders of AHELP. Oh, I happen to be a grief counselor too, but that's just a coincidence. Well, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not a therapist in the state of Washington. I actually practiced all that in California. And Uh when I started AHELP, it wasn't, I wasn't with a license, so I can't practice as a licensed therapist. And so, um, but I can tell people how to do it. (laughs) And so that's what we've been doing. And, and so the educational aspect of um, Aisha or educational, I should say the, the supportive or counseling aspect of Aisha or Helen Ann's journey was really important to help her work through those things. Um, to help others in her family, um, you know, who are also supporting Helen Ann and supporting Aisha, you know, coming home on the their lunch hour to, you know, feed or, you know, whatever, take care of Aisha while Helen Ann was at her, you know, long work day, mm-hmm. for instance. I mean, those caregivers are all part of the family. We call them all family because right. they all need the care and yeah. support. Yeah. So, um Part of that was education, just, you know, Dr. Sarah Hopkins provides that education through her visits. And if any of you have had an animal having acupuncture, you know that you have a veterinarian's full attention, right, practically, for almost an hour. Mm -hmm. So in that process is really um, a lot of, you know, wonderful relationship building and support that you can can achieve as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And so as... um, Helen Ann's dog, Aisha, declined. We talked about a whole lot of other things that they could do for quality of life. Um, Taking lots of photos to, you know, just remember that time. Um, Happy ones, you know, it's a, she has so many photos around (laughs) and they're beautiful photos and they were, um, uh, and they'll always be in her memories um, and in all of ours because they're so poignant. Um, but other things that she did to prepare for the day where um, that will be that was going to be Aisha's left. She re- last she really did follow her through in the entire journey. You know, Dr. Sarah helped her to know what to expect. Um, she was able to plan um, uh, prepare for a um, appropriately planned euthanasia. It wasn't done in crisis. It was done very deliberately mm-hmm. and it was exactly what she wanted to be with the in the home mm-hmm. with the people that she loved surrounding her and for her support. Yeah. I think that's one of the parts that people can really if they've been through it and something that I've heard people share pretty consistently is is around that timing. If it if it is going to be um an an end of life that ends in euthanasia when, you know, I when do I decide they everybody says the dog will tell you, but but not necessarily. And so when how do I know? And like, that's a part that's really scary for people. And that's a big difference between human hospice and animal hospice is that mm-hmm. we don't really have that option for people to just decide it's time to go. It's time to end the suffering if it's a situation where there is suffering and end mm-hmm. of life. And so it's some. Um, I can really see that as a as an area, like you said, where everything was set up for her so that it was planned in a way that wasn't in crisis. Mm-hmm. And and that's as important for the human as it is for the animal. Right. Yes. And that's the other 
way that we are similar as our field is developing. It's very much a new field. Um, and as we are developing as a field, we are really rooted in the interdisciplinary model of care, which what that means is many yeah. providers of many different disciplines supporting the family. Again, the family is not just the dog, cat, horse, etc., but it is the entire, you know, the whole family unit, including the caregivers. Mm-hmm. So the care that we also provide um, can be people like me, a volunteer who, you know, understands the process and so forth. Or if, if people are getting stuck in their daily functioning and whatnot, maybe we bring in a therapist or suggest a therapist. Yeah. Um, and that's perfectly appropriate, too. Some of us are being challenged more than others. Yeah. But if we don't get work through it yeah. in a way that we can look back and go, I did what I needed to do yeah. when the time came. Yeah. And if everything didn't go exactly as you had hoped or expected or planned for, because it can't really plan for everything, yeah. then you can hopefully release that and know that our dogs, our animal friends, are unconditionally our best friends. Mm -hmm. And they would forgive us just like any other human loved one Mm -hmm. would forgive us. And so you look back and you go, okay, I'm I'm all right with that. You can put it to rest. And then healing comes naturally and completely. You can move forward and have many more animal friends in your life. I mean, it's also sad when People say, my dog died and I just can't have another one. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. devastated. Um, so so I, that's such a, um, for me, such an intriguing part of of this, the, the end of life conversation is that of grief and how you mentioned that when, if somebody's sort of confronted with their pet's end of life and knowing that that's near and like that anticipatory grief, how unresolved grief from other losses, human or pet, um, can come up in the presence of another end of life process. And if, like, if you don't move through it, it just sort of stays in you. Mm-hmm. And also, just how the experience um, of end of life can really help ease or facilitate the grief process. Because I know for me, um, I mean, there were. A- it, it was a hard process for me, but I knew that, you know, it's not to say that I didn't have doubt, but I knew like deep down in my gut that I I made the right choice. Like I just kind of felt I, I did have a sense of confidence around that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I drew on after the fact when I was now grieving his loss. Um, speaking of my first dog, Chewy, and, and that, how if that's not the case how how much that complicates the grief itself and like how important the work you know if you do the work in the beginning and then you're able to create a you know if it's going to be euthanasia one that's not in crisis and one that's really beautiful and mm-hmm. as peaceful as possible and then that can really help carry you through the grief the mm-hmm. grief process and mm-hmm. and kind of heal from that so yeah. It all works together. All the pieces work together. Mm -hmm. And comfortable, too. I'd like to bring that in. I mean, that's what we all say, right, is we just want them to be comfortable. Yeah. You know, if if we can accept the process to go forward, then you then that's important. We Mm -hmm. absolutely that's always the first thing. That's like the triage, if you will, of everything that I do. Everyone that contacts us and it was me that triages every 
everyone who contacts us can't contacts us. My first question is, you know, do you have a vet with whom you've been working? Yeah. And sometimes they haven't, yeah. which we kind of like whip into power mode and help them to find those kinds of resources that yeah. can promote that. But comfort is always number one. Yeah. Well, um, a helps fundraiser heads and tails event is this Saturday, June 28th from two to 5 PM at Norm's eatery and alehouse in Fremont. We are looking for volunteers. If you'd like to get involved with the organization and just help us out at this event, help us with um, the game itself. Um, we could use some bodies. So if you are interested, you can email Michelle at Michelle D Nichols at gmail.com. If for some reason you're not sure you're going to get that right, you can always email me at host at dogradioshow.com and I can connect you if you're interested in volunteering at the event or with a help. Um, but it is a great community. It's going to be a really fun event. All the proceeds go to support the very important work of the organization, which provides comfort and empowerment around end-of-life choices for families and their animal friends. It's a nonprofit organization. Ahelpproject.org is the website. And um, it's just great work. It's important work, and it's a really new, relatively new, growing field and I'm just grateful that this community here in the Seattle area has a help to find um, comfort and support through that process. So I'm really excited for the event. Michelle and I will both be there, of course. And um, there's lots of great prizes, raffle prizes. There's a big um, food, um, quality food um, basket that I've put together with um, Natural Pet Pantry, Stella and Chewy's, and the Honest Kitchen, in addition to a uh, gift certificate to Health Mutt, which is a really great pet store in the um, Roosevelt area of Seattle, um, and other goodies there. And um, there's also some other prizes that we'll be raffling. And then we're also going to be doing a book sale where I'm bringing in um, donating books from my collection from the show um, a lot of these books are books that I read because I interviewed the author on the show, and um, some of them are even signed. And so we'll be um, selling those for, I think, like $5 each or something like that, and all of the um, proceeds will go to A-Help, too. So that's, And it's they're great titles, so that'll be fun as well. And uh, we'll just look forward to hopefully seeing you this Saturday, June 28th from 2 to 5 p.m. at Norm's for the A-Help Heads and Tails fundraiser. And be sure to find them on Facebook as well, A Help Project um, on Facebook too. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you this Saturday, Michelle, in just a few days. Thank you. All right, yeah. so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give a recap of the Sparks Conference that was last weekend, Society for the Promotion of Applied Research in Canine Science. It's a canine science conference. It was awesome. So I'm going to give a recap on that, too. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.
This is Julie Forbes, dog training behavior and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Conversations Live with Vicki Sinclair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki Sinclair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Time for something different. Time for Alternative Talk 1150. Who let the dogs out? Welcome back to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And uh, we were just talking with Michelle Nichols, who's the founder of the A Help Project, one, uh, co-founder of A Help Project, Animal Hospice, End of Life, Palliative Care. Their fundraiser is this Saturday, June 28th from 2 to 5 p.m. at Norms in Fremont. And I'll be there and Michelle will be there along with the A Help community. So do come and participate in the event. You can bring your dog if you want to. Um, Norms is a dog-friendly pub. And, um, of course, if your dog is people and pet friendly. And we're also looking for some help at the event. Um, So volunteers, if you're interested in just lending a hand and helping us run the game that we're going to play or, you know, doing something fun, that would be much appreciated. Um, You can email Michelle directly at michellednichols.com at gmail.com. I'll post that email address on our website. And if you somehow just can't remember it and all you can do is remember how to get in touch with me, that's cool too. I'll connect you host at dogradioshow.com if you're interested in um, volunteering for that event. Um, Been sending some car stickers all over the place recently. If you want a dog show car sticker or if you want five of them or 10 of them, or perhaps you have a business and you'd like to um, have them available um, for your customers. Um, they are free. So email me, host at dogradioshow.com, and I'll send you however many you want. Um, I've sent some to uh, Ireland recently. I just sent some off to Texas. And then, of course, we have some locals who um, are wanting them too. So wherever you are, if you want some dog show car stickers, just email me, host at dogradioshow.com. So Sparks was last weekend Society for the Promotion of Applied Research in Canine Science. That's the acronym. And it's a conference. um, This year was its second year. 
Um, last year it was held here in um, just outside Seattle in Redmond. And this year it was in Rhode Island. And um, which meant that I was getting up very early to hear the uh, first speakers because they started at either 830 or 9 um, all weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And it was such an awesome conference. Um, a few of the speakers I interviewed on the show prior to the conference. So this past month or so, you'll see in our archives, the guests are very um, canine science in nature. And that was as a um part of the promotion of the conference and um it was awesome so you if you missed it you can actually listen to it um archived if you become a member of sparks you have unlimited access to um their archives of all the conferences so the past two years if you miss the past two years and uh the it's just incredible the the work that these scientists are doing in you know researching specific aspects of um, how dogs think or, um, you know, scent detection or um, how dogs learn. Um, there's research going on in, in personality. There's research going on in in just pretty much, I mean, all sorts of stuff. And it's a relatively new field as well, this this canine science field um, in the with relative to other aspects of scientific research is relatively new. So it's really exciting that this is really kind of um, catching on and there's a lot of really legitimate science and research that's going on to help us just help deepen our understanding of dogs as animals. And there were just a few main points of the conference that I wanted to highlight. Um, the There were a couple things like... Um, things that were said throughout that I was really glad were getting said and that there was a really clear, powerful, credible voice being brought to this as things specifically pertain to working with dogs in the form of dog training and behavior, um, which is because it's an unregulated industry. Anybody can just say, I'm going to be a dog trainer and then just make it up. And, um, there's no consequence for that uh, as far as any authority goes. Um, so, and then even within um, trained trainers, there's a lot of disagreement in how we should train. And some people think that you should only focus on what the dog does right and that you should not acknowledge at all any any wrong choices. And then there's a lot of balanced trainers who think that you should, you know, um, fo kind of focus on what the dog is doing right and try to set them up for success, but that there's nothing wrong with telling them when they make a wrong choice too, I would fall in that category. And then there's, a, I suppose, in the interest of being complete, there is another group of people who are overly harsh and uh, what you could consider to be abusive, but that is certainly a minority. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting that was one of the scientists, and I don't remember which one it was, it might have been Simone Gadbois, it might have been, I might be wrong about that too, but I think it was him, talked about um, that actually in science, it's measured that it is actually less stressful for an animal to know both what the right choices and the wrong choices are versus only the right choices. So I'm going to assume that they've measured um, levels of stress hormones and that that's how they came about this, although that's an assumption. Um but it was interesting to like from a scientific perspective and measuring 
the levels of whatever chemical it was in the body that they were measuring, if it was stress hormones or otherwise, that it's shown in research that animals are less stressed if they know both right choices and wrong choices, if those are both being communicated to them by the environment versus only right choices. So that was interesting to um, to hear and great to hear that voice of balance being brought to this industry that is a little bit polarized about that. Um, and then the other thing that was just all over the place, which I loved, which is so important in working with dogs. And I say this to my clients and I mean, over and over and over again, if you've listened to the show over the years, you've heard me say this over and over again. Every dog is a unique individual. I cannot say this too many times. Every dog is different, just like people. Um, and this is shown in studies. There's, they're seeing this come out in their research. You can't generalize dogs this or dogs that. It's like saying, making overgeneralizations about people. Yes, uh, people prefer um, Seattle over other cities. Well, that's, you know, some individuals do. Or people like um, the color blue more than other colors. Well, I don't know if there's studies done. Or no, people like, it would be like saying people like the color blue. Or the color blue is people's favorite color. And it's like, well, everybody's different. I mean, that's a way, way simple version, but every dog is different. So when we're talking about working with behavior, especially, my gosh, such a complex um, topic, um, behavior of any animal, there's a lot going on there. There's genetics, there's experience, there's personality, there's temperament, there's environment. There's all sorts of things that go, that um, that all play in together that impact behavior. And so to say, I work with dog behavior and and I and this is what I do like and say one thing. Well, you can't apply that to every dog because it's not necessarily going to work. So I just heard that through and through the event. Um, every dog is a unique individual. And I was just like so psyched <laughs> watching my um, watching my um, live stream of the event. So if you miss the conference and you want to get in on it, I recommend it. It's so, so awesome. And you can listen to the conference archived. If you just go to caninescience.info, you can become a member. And there's different levels of membership. It's very affordable. And um, you get so much access to this wonderful work of all these scientists, world-renowned scientists in the field of canine science. So caninescience.info is that website again. Thanks again to Michelle Nichols with A Help Project. Again, Heads and Tails event at Norms in Fremont is this Saturday, June 28th from 2 to 5 p.m. here in Seattle. So join both Michelle and I there for this wonderful event, Support A Help Project. Happy Pride Weekend, everyone. Enjoy yourselves and be safe. And thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.